What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, Warren Buffett on small business. It's the seed corn of the America of, you know, 2030 and 2040. The Oracle of Omaha wants American entrepreneurs to get federal help soon. I hope very much that they extend the PPP plan on a, on a large scale to let the people who may see the light at the end of the tunnel get to the end of the tunnel. It's an economic war. And Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon, the Wall Street giant, investing a billion dollars this year in Main Street. These small businesses really support our communities. They support families. They're really a foundation of our economy. If we lose these small businesses as a society, we lose big. The banker says a post-COVID recovery has to mean everybody. Even as we make progress with the vaccine and we get to a better place economically, you can't just flick the switch on and have all the jobs come back. It takes some time to rebuild. It's Tuesday, December 15th, 2020. Squawk Pod begins right after this. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones, from powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY, a big idea that inspired the world to invest differently and still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. You're listening to Squawk Pod from CNBC with Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. The COVID-19 pandemic has taken a particularly hard toll on small businesses. There are 28 million businesses with fewer than 1,500 employees. They make up the lion's share of employers and function as economic engines for communities across this country. And after nine months of a global pandemic and a marked shift in consumer behavior and activity, many entrepreneurs are struggling. The initial federal stimulus in the spring included the Paycheck Protection Program. PPP was designed to help small businesses make payroll in their stores. Restaurants, catering companies, barbershops were closed due to safe-at-home orders. PPP closed in August. It's now December, and there has been no further coordinated federal relief for small business. Today, Warren Buffett, one of the world's best-known investors, someone who looks for value, says, we haven't done enough. Here's Becky Quick. Berkshire Hathaway Chairman and CEO Warren Buffett. He joins us on the Squawk Newsline. Also, David Solomon, the Chairman and CEO of Goldman Sachs. Goldman, by the way, is announcing a $250 million donation to establish the next generation of the 10,000 Small Businesses Program. Gentlemen, I want to thank you both for being here. And, and Warren, we'll start with you. You have not spoken publicly since the last annual meeting uh, back in May for Berkshire Hathaway. You weren't planning on speaking publicly again till the next one this coming May. Why are you taking time today to talk about this issue right now? Well, I think it's, it's, it's so important that uh, uh, small businesses, which have uh, 
become uh, collateral damage in a in a war that our our country needed to to fight, but uh, 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 we in effect voluntarily uh, had an induced uh, shutdown of parts of the economy, and it hit many types of small businesses very very hard. And uh, we made some provision for that in March in terms of the CARES Act, but then nobody really knew how long the, uh, uh, you know, this self-inflicted uh, 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 recession would, would last and with this particular effect on small businesses. So uh, we, need another, we need another injection to, uh, to complete, the, complete the job, and uh, uh, Congress is you know, debating that right now, and I just uh, hope very much that they extend... Uh, uh, the PPP uh, plan on a on a large scale to uh, let the people who may see the end of the light at the end of the tunnel get to the end of the tunnel. But uh, uh, so it's it's very timely. It's very important, and uh, and I do think Congress will do something, and uh, I hope they step up very soon because every day is important. Might make people wonder why why big business leaders are, are stepping out and, and speaking on behalf of some of those small businesses. What what is it that concerns you about this? Why is this an issue that you're you're really uh, putting yourself out there with? Well, big businesses generally have done very well. Not to, if they were travel and entertainment related, they they still have difficulties, but. Uh, the Fed did a terrific job. Uh, they they saved us from something that would have been a lot worse than 2008 and 9 uh, when they acted in March. Uh, so large companies uh, who, in the middle of March, early March, were were uh, going to have no access to capital. Uh, the the market just opened wide, and the, the corporate issuance was huge. But the, the small businesses. Uh, receive some help but it's not getting them to the end of the not getting them to the end of the tunnel and uh, you know you see a situation just take food food manufacturers the big ones uh, have done terrifically people haven't quit eating you know and and and, uh, uh, and the large grocery chains have done very well you know margins of wine sales have been good but if you had to get your food uh, in a uh, a uh, small restaurant or medium-sized restaurant, and and uh, social distancing was required. And everything you just you just killed the economics for somebody that may have been working for decades with their family to build a business and reinvested the the earnings in improving their their establishment, and then uh, through no fault of their own, an edict comes along that uh, uh, that kills all their dreams and. It's, it would be so foolish to, uh, to not follow through on this and enable those people to get back to where they could um, do the kind of business they were doing before. You know, it, uh, it, 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 it's an economic war, and, and, uh, and certain, you know, when we went into World War II, a lot of industries were shut down, and... and uh, Everything went over to defense production. Well, we've shut down a lot of people in this in this particular uh, 
induced recession, and and others are prospering. And I think that uh, I think the country owes it to the you know really millions of small business people. And I've met a lot of these people through the Goldman Sachs program. Uh, uh, um, just renew the renew the PPP and and uh, and uh, get us to the get us to the end of the tunnel. The Goldman Sachs uh, 10,000 Small Business Program started a, a decade ago, and I know you were involved from the from the very beginning with that. Going to some of these graduations and, and speaking to these classes, you turn down uh, graduation speech requests all the time for all kinds of universities. Why has this been one that you've said yes to? Why have you uh, had such a, an involvement and interest in, in these small businesses, Warren? Well, I've, I've graduated from two universities I didn't attend either one of graduations and I've been invited to go back a number of times to address groups. I've never done it, but the, the, the small business program, which has been a huge success and, 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 and due to Goldman Sachs, uh, the, it's, it's just something special. I went to the first graduation, uh, at LaGuardia Community College about 10 years ago. Good afternoon. I, I tell you, it's good to be lucky. Uh, and 10,000 small businesses has really been lucky because, you know, there's nothing like getting off to a, to a great start. There were probably three or 400 people in an auditorium, and there were less than 30 graduates. I think maybe it was 27 or something like that. But these people who were working 50 or 60 hour jobs on top of that, you know, worked nights on the curriculum, attended classes on Saturday. They learned all kinds of skills that were helpful to them, probably a lot of them better than what I learned in business school myself. Uh, but they sacrificed, and, and in that crowd there would be uh, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, cousins, in-laws, all those people who would help. And they, you know, I don't know what percent of the 300 were crying, but 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 uh, I was one of them, and and, and it was it was uh, uh, just amazing to see. As we replicate these 23 throughout the country, have no fears for this country. America's just started. <laughs> Out of that program where we had that first class there, uh, I've, I've been to New Orleans, I've been to Chicago, I've been to uh, Detroit, I've been to Baltimore. Uh, and back to LaGuardia again. It, it's every time I've seen the graduates. I mean, it's the, my batteries get charged. Uh, it's just a remarkable group. These are people that they have plugged away against odds that I never faced. You know, and and, and uh, you know they've earned things in in the curriculum like negotiations. Well, you know, how many business schools really teach negotiations or? Uh, and a lot of them learn, learn about that. A lot of us learn about that through our parents. But uh, you know, if you haven't been been in the game or haven't had friends in the game or relatives, you start out with an enormous disadvantage if you don't know something about a subject like that. Well, this group learned about one item like that after another. And Michael Porter helped uh, in terms of developing the curriculum. And it, I've just watched it. Uh, grow and prosper, and lives get changed by it. At uh, uh, ninety-seven percent of the people that started the school finished up with it. Uh, you know the. Uh, uh, but you've got we've got ten thousand eight hundred or so alumni now, and the number grows. You know by the by the week. Uh, 
and these people are successful, but they need they need help now. If if you know if the government comes along and takes your takes your land uh, because it's for the greater good, they you know they condemn it under eminent domain. Uh, they take it, and it is for the the use of the people. But they but the landowner gets paid, and they've taken uh, to fight the epidemic. Uh, they've taken away the livelihood from from really millions of people at the, and uh, those people aren't prepared to finance uh, a year, year and a half hiatus in their business. And, and uh, the U.S. government and all the rest of us, uh, I think we owe them a continuation of the uh, PPP program. And, and incidentally, you know, there will be fraud and connected with it. You know, if you try to do something huge uh, like that, so you'll read stories about uh, people who, you know, some uh, some people, not not small business people so much <laughs> at all, but you've read about, you know, a few big places where they've taken advantage of it. But that that happens in wartime. I mean, it, don't don't let that turn you away from something that where 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 millions of people are being helped and a few then there's a few cheats involved. I do believe in prosecuting the cheats though very strongly. Hey, David, I, I was at that first graduation 10 years ago, too, and I remember thinking at the time that you guys would never get to 10,000 small businesses. That was a big number. Yeah. You are past 10,000 small businesses now, and, and, and that's incredibly impressive. And, David, just uh, wonder what you're hearing from those businesses at this point. I, I know you've conducted a survey to hear how they're faring. So I appreciate Becky and I appreciate you having us. And I also, you know, want to thank, you know, Warren for all his support of the program. You know, also Mike Bloomberg, Mary Barra others who have been part of the advisory board that have helped. I, I think one of the things we learned over the last 10 years uh, as we really executed on the program is you build this community and these, these small business owners are all connected, they learn from each other, and they have a voice. And I think one of the things that's, that's very interesting we've tried to do during the crisis is we've created something called 10,000 Small Businesses Voices, where we've gone out and surveyed these small business owners to try to get a sense of how they're being impacted directly. And one of the things I'd say is we all talk a lot about small businesses, but really getting down in the field and really seeing, you saw Carla Walker Miller this morning. You know, I've had the opportunity, Warren referenced it, to travel around the country over the last decade and meet so many people who look just like Carla and really hear, you know, their struggles and their needs. And, and during this pandemic, they really have needs. 90% of them have exhausted their PPP funding at this point. More than half of them have had to lay off employees and really constrain their businesses. These small businesses really support our communities. They support families. They're really a foundation of our economy. And if we lose these small businesses as a society, we lose big. And so it's really important that we listen to their voices and we try to continue to do what we can do to support it. And so we, you know, we are excited to continue the program as you highlighted, Becky, we're committing another $250 million to re-up and try to get another 10,000 small businesses through the program. And we're excited about the prospect of that. And right now, that support, I think, is just very necessary. Very necessary. Why, David? What, what are you actually hearing from the businesses? So we're, we're, we're hearing these businesses. These, these businesses have cut nearly 50% of them have cut compensation. Uh, nearly 50% or I think slightly more than 50% of the business owners are not taking compensation themselves so they can continue to support others. So this is a huge employment engine for our economy and they're suffering right now. Their businesses have been hurt. I think Warren highlighted appropriately 
the steps that the Fed and Treasury took to put liquidity into markets has certainly helped large businesses by and large. There are obviously sectors that have been hurt, but small businesses don't have that access. They need, they need capital, they need liquidity to bridge them. They can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm quite optimistic about what we're seeing with respect to the vaccine, and we will get through this. But at the moment, while you can see the finish line, I think a lot of these small businesses need help getting across the, the finish line. And that's what we're hearing directly from them through 10,000 voices. Warren, I know you're only going to be talking about small business today, but, but I just wonder, as we watch Congress kind of going back and forth with a bipartisan bill, having some really difficult sticking points that they're kind of getting caught on at the moment, what would your message be in terms of timeliness? Does it matter if it happens now? Does it matter if it happens at the beginning of next year? It, it's got to happen soon. You know, I mean, if, you, that, that, uh, if your boat's going down, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know, you, know, you need help, and 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 and, and they, uh, a great many of them need it now. As David said, you know, 52 percent of them are, are not taking anything out of their business. Uh, you know, we've at Berkshire we've bought a few sp- small businesses. Uh, uh, we we bought from Doris Christopher. Uh, 40 years, well, we bought it 20 years ago, but 40 years ago, she borrowed $2,500 on a life insurance policy. She had two little girls. And that company now has 100,000 people, you know, working for it. Uh, uh, um, Mrs. B at the Furniture Mart, you know, she came over and arrived from Russia and couldn't speak English and, or, or read it and, and arrived in Seattle in 1915. And and you know, that company employs, she started finally with $2,500 also, and then that, that company now employs, you know, probably 10,000 people. And so it's, it's, it's the seed corn of the America of, you know, 2030 and 2040, and, and, and we artificially, uh, for good reason, but we, we, uh, we, we, we took out that section uh, that, supply, you know, that particularly you can know, take restaurants or gyms or, you know, brick-and-mortar retail, and, and uh, we are in the process of uh, dashing the dreams that will turn, in, in many cases, turn into the employees of thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people later on, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, those people are not in a position to say, well, you know, I'll... Uh, I'll just take another $25,000 from Grandpa or, you know, or whoever it may be and start all over again. Uh, they put everything they've got into what, uh, the businesses they're in, and uh, uh, Congress, uh, well, Congress should act. I mean, if you're going to act a month from now, you know, why, why kill off another, you know, X percent of the people that are potential successes by, 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 uh, procrastination or arguments or political uh, differences. Uh, we know it's a good idea. We've already done it. But what we didn't know was exactly how long uh, the, the, the uh, pandemic would, would last and how long people would have lingering fears and so on about going into restaurants or whatever it may be, or gyms. Uh, but we know it's going to come back, so let's get people to the get people to cross the bridge. Hey, Warren, I want to thank you for your time today. We appreciate your calling in, um, and we hope to talk to you again soon. Okay, and uh, do everything you can to <laughs> urge your congressman and senator to get this one done. You know, that way they can come home for Christmas. And thanks, Becky. 
Thanks, Warren. We appreciate it. Uh, in the meantime, David Solomon's going to stay with us, talk a little bit more about markets, Wall Street, the economy, and much more. And, and David, why don't we start with the markets? Because we continue to see these records that have been set on a very uh, consistent basis from the major averages. 2020's kind of stunk. Have you been surprised by the market's performance? Well, I think the market, I think the market, Becky, is, is looking forward at this point. And as I said a couple of moments ago, there's a lot of optimism, I think, appropriately, that we're going to get the pandemic behind us in 2021. There's certainly been a meaningful recovery in the economy, but there's still a ways to go. I think we've replaced about 75 percent of the economic output that we lost when we shut down the economy in, in, in March and April. Uh, and so I do think we see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think what the market's doing is the market's, you know, pulling that sense of optimism through. I do think one of the things that's interesting, and it's why this conversation that we've had this morning is so important, big businesses are recovering. They're making progress. We almost have a barbell situation. And small businesses and certain other parts of the economy are definitely struggling. And while the market moves forward, we've got to make sure we're taking care of these other areas where things are going to be a little tougher. You can't, you can't turn a light switch on and off when you think about the service economy, which so many of these small businesses really affect. Even as we make progress with the vaccine and we get to a better place economically, you can't just flick the switch on and have all the jobs come back. It takes some time to rebuild. And so I think the market's looking forward appropriately. But I, you know, I do think We've got a lot of uncertainty still as to how we navigate the next few months, but we will get through this and then we'll continue, you know, I think to move forward in a constructive way with, with a pickup in demand. And I think the market's anticipating that. David, hey. I know you're in a quiet period right now. You can't comment specifically on what's happening with Goldman Sachs, but Jamie Dimon said the other day that maybe the banks have over-reserved being super cautious with this. Would you agree with that? Um, I, you know, I don't have, we, we, uh, I don't have a general comment on reserves broadly, but I think the economic scenario that is unfolding is certainly at a base, um, a better scenario than what everybody anticipated back in March, April, May. And so if you think about that at a high level um, and you think about the way, you know, people economically model and think about reserves, where certainly the base case today is better than what people expected as we were just into the depths of the pandemic at the beginning of this back in the spring. Hey, David, earlier we were talking about the developments of 2020, and we, we were looking for a new word other than extraordinary. And, and it also applied to, to what the Fed has orchestrated this year. Extraordinary doesn't really cover it. We need a couple extraordinary, extraordinary squared, maybe. So not everything the Fed does goes to where it's needed. I, I would imagine, and they said that's fine. We'll overshoot. We'll do more than we need to, even if it's not all going to where you know, it's filling a hole. It's just, you know, it's just additional money. Given those IPOs last week and, and some of the froth that maybe we're seeing in certain areas, do you think that there is some asset inflation that's, that there is going to be a reckoning with at some point because of all the cheap money? I, I think that the, the, the cheap money has an impact, Joe. There's, there's no question that the, the Fed actions and the monetary policy and the relief was very, very necessary. You heard Warren say it earlier, I think through the actions, we certainly staved off something that could have been a lot worse, but there's a consequence to that. And there's no question that people are out on the risk curve and that is certainly inflating asset prices. People along assets have benefited from this. Some of what's going on when you translate to the IPO market um, is, is obviously directly related to that. And I think some of that 
is related to certain other phenomenons. I think one of the things that's interesting is there's a lot more retail participation in these IPOs. And I think one of the things to contemplate or think about, Joe, is, and, and you know, all of us that are on this call remember well, you know, the period of 2000 and 2001, there are real differences. If you wanted to buy a stock back then, you had to go and open up a brokerage account. You had to sign papers directly. You know, technology enables and it makes it a lot easier and it broadens participation. And so there's a lot of retail participation in a bunch of these IPOs. I think that's something to watch, something to be cautious about. I think uh, a bunch of these are great businesses, but obviously the market at the moment is pricing in, you know, perfect execution and enormous growth for a very long period of time. Um, and my guess is there'll be a rebalancing of that over time for sure. And David, related to that, uh, you saw a firm and Roblox postpone their IPO after uh, the Airbnb IPO, which I know uh, Goldman advised on. Uh, are you advising companies to hold off? Do you do you look at the Airbnb um, IPO as, as a failing insofar as not being able to uh, adequately or accurately forecast you know, what, what the market looked like at that moment? Um, we are, we are, we're obviously involved in, in a number of IPOs, Andrew, and we're not advising people to hold off. And it's, it's actually interesting. There hasn't been a lot written about this. The process in some of these recent IPOs, including Airbnb, we've developed much more transparent market information for the company where they can really see real time the demand that's coming in and they make decisions around this. And I think one of the things that's not well understood is the companies themselves are choosing their investors in the context of this. They have much better transparency than they would have had five or 10 years ago about the choices they want to make around this. But despite making those choices, if people are going to come into the aftermarket and buy the stock uh, and continue to run the stock price up, it's, it's a, you know, that, that's something that's very, very hard to control and very hard to think about. So a lot of these companies are taking a long-term approach. They want to build a reasonable shareholder base. And they're very thoughtful about that. They have better transparency. And also, I just highlight, they're selling very small portions of the company, and they really are trying to position for the long run. And so I, um, I do think we're at a moment in time where there's a lot of euphoria. I personally am concerned about that. I don't think in the, in the long run that's, that's healthy. I think it will rebalance over time, as it always does. But I think there are a lot of great companies that really have extraordinary growth prospects that are going to continue to come to market. And obviously, we're reaching the Christmas holidays, so that'll all slow down. And my guess is it'll pick up again in January. Hey, David, I want to thank you very much for your time this morning. I wish we had more time to chat with you. I do realize you've got a board meeting starting. And you have to run for that. But uh, come back soon. Thank you for your time. Uh, we appreciate it. I, I, really, I really appreciate uh, your having me. I think the discussion on small business is so important. Um, we continue to be excited about 10,000 small businesses. And I wish all three of you a wonderful holiday. I hope everybody stays safe and healthy. David, thank you. Happy holidays to you. We'll talk soon. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Methane management is a critical part of achieving a lower carbon future. Chevron is taking action to keep methane in the pipe. 
their 2028 upstream methane intensity target is set to be 53% below the 2016 baseline. They're committed to evolving facility designs and operating practices, and they've trialed over 13 advanced detection technologies, including drones and satellites. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash methane. That's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening. Tweet us at Squawk CNBC and tell us what you think. Squawk Box is hosted every day by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. But to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.